Letter sixty of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three, by Samuel Richardson, Chapter sixty. Mr. Lovelace to John Belford, Esquire. Monday, April 24th. Fate is weaving a whimsical web for thy friend, and I see not, but I shall be inevitably manacled. Here have I been at work, dig, 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 like a cunning miner at one time, and spreading my snares like an artful fowler at another and exulting in my contrivances to get this inimitable creature absolutely into my power everything made for me her brother and uncles were but my pioneers her father stormed as i directed him to storm mrs howe was acted by the springs i set at work her daughter was moving for me yet imagined herself plumb against me and for the dear creature herself had already run her stubborn neck into my gin, and knew not that she was caught, for I had not drawn my spinges close about her. And just as all this was completed, wouldst thou believe that I should be my own enemy, and her friend? That I should be so totally diverted from all my favorite purposes, as to propose to marry her before I went to town, in order to put it out of my own power to resume them. When thou knowest this, wilt thou not think that my black angel plays me booty, and has taken it into his head to urge me to the indissoluble tie, that he might be more sure of me, from the complex transgressions to which he will certainly stimulate me when wedded, than perhaps he thought he could be from the simple sins in which i have so long allowed myself that they seem to have a plea of habit thou wilt be still more surprised when i tell thee that there seems to be a coalition going forward between the black angels and the white ones for here has hers induced her in one hour and by one retrograde accident to acknowledge what the charming creature never before acknowledged a preferable favor for me she even avows an intention to be mine mine without reformation conditions she permits me to talk of love to her of the irrevocable ceremony yet another extraordinary postpones that ceremony chooses to set out for london and even to go to the widows in town well but how comes all this about methinks thou askest thou loveless dealest in wonders yet aimest not at the marvellous how did all this come about i will tell thee i was in danger of losing my charmer for ever she was soaring upward to her native skies she was got above the earth by means too of the earth-born and something extraordinary was to be done to keep her with us sublunaries and what so effectually as the soothing voice of love and the attracting offer of matrimony from a man not hated can fix the attention of the maiden heart aching with uncertainty and before impatient of the questionable question this in short was the case 
while she was refusing all manner of obligation to me keeping me at haughty distance in hopes that her cousin morden's arrival would soon fix her in full and absolute independence of me disgusted likewise as her adorer for holding himself the reins of his own passions instead of giving them up to her control she writes a letter urging an answer to a letter before sent for her apparel for her jewels and some gold which she had left behind her all which was to save her pride from obligation and to promote the independence her heart was set upon and what followed but a shocking answer made still more shocking by the communication of a father's curse upon a daughter's deserving only blessings a curse upon the curser's heart and a double one upon the transmitters the spiteful the envious arabella absent when it came on my return i found her recovering from fits again to fall into stronger fits and nobody expecting her life half a dozen messengers dispatched to find me out nor wonder at her being so affected she whose filial piety gave her dreadful faith in her father's curses and the curse of this gloomy tyrant extending to use her own words when she could speak to both worlds or that it had turned in the moment of its utterance to a mortal quinsy and sticking in his gullet had choked the old excretor as a warning to all such unnatural fathers what a miscreant had i been not to have endeavoured to bring her back by all the endearments by all the vows by all the offers that i could make her i did bring her back more than a father to her for i have given her a life her unnatural father had well-nigh taken away shall i not cherish the fruits of my own benefaction i was earnest in my vows to marry and my ardour to urge the present time was a real ardour but extreme dejection with a mingled delicacy that in her dying moments i doubt not she will preserve have caused her to refuse me the time though not the solemnity for she has told me that now she must be wholly in my protection being destitute of every other more indebted still thy friend as thou seest to her cruel relations than to herself for her favour she has written to miss howe an account of their barbarity but has not acquainted her how very ill she was lo very low she remains yet dreading her stupid brother's enterprise she wants to be in london where but for this accident and and wouldst thou have believed it for my persuasion seeing her so very ill she would have been this night and we shall actually set out on wednesday morning if she be not worse and now for a few words with thee on the heavy preachment of saturday last thou art apprehensive that the lady is now truly in danger and it is a miracle thou tellest me if she withstands such an attempter knowing what we know of the sex thou sayest thou shouldst dread wert thou me to make further trial lest thou shouldst succeed and in another place tellest me that thou pleadest not for the state for any favour thou hast for it what an advocate art thou for matrimony thou wert ever an unhappy fellow at argument does the trite stuff with which the rest of thy letter abounds in favour of wedlock strike with the force that this which i have transcribed does against it 
thou takest great pains to convince me and that from the distress the lady is reduced to chiefly by her friend's persecutions and implacableness i hope thou wilt own and not from me as yet that the proposed trial will not be a fair trial but let me ask thee is not calamity the test of virtue and wouldst thou not have me value this charming creature upon proof of her merits do i not intend to reward her by marriage if she stand that proof but why repeat i what i have said before turn back thou egregious arguer turn back to my long letter of the thirteenth and thou wilt there find every syllable of what thou hast written either answered or invalidated but i am not angry with thee jack i love opposition as gold is tried by fire and virtue by temptation so is sterling wit by opposition have i not before thou settest out as an advocate for my fair one often brought thee in as making objections to my proceedings for no other reason than to exalt myself by proving thee a man of straw as homer raises up many of his champions and gives them terrible names only to have them knocked on the head by his heroes however take to thee this one piece of advice evermore be sure of being in the right when thou presumest to sit down to correct thy master and another if thou wilt never offer to invalidate the force which a virtuous education ought to have in the sex by endeavouring to find excuses for their frailty from the frailty of ours for are we not devils to each other they tempt us we tempt them because we men cannot resist temptation is that a reason that women ought not when the whole of their education is caution and warning against our attempts do not their grandmothers give them one easy rule men are to ask women are to deny well but to return to my principal subject let me observe that be my future resolutions what they will as to this lady the contents of the violent letter she has received have set me at least a month forward with her i can now as i hinted talk of love and marriage without control or restriction her injunctions no more my terror in this sweetly familiar way shall we set out together for london mrs sorling's eldest daughter at my motion is to attend her in the chase while i ride by way of escort for she is extremely apprehensive of the singleton plot and has engaged me to be all patience if anything should happen on the road but nothing i am sure will happen for by a letter received just now from joseph i understand that james harlowe has already laid aside his stupid project and this by the earnest desire of all those of his friends to whom he had communicated it who were afraid of the consequence that might attend it but it is not over with me however although i am not determined at present as to the uses i may make of it my beloved tells me she shall have her clothes sent her she hopes also her jewels and some gold which she left behind her but joseph says clothes only will be sent i will not however tell her that on the contrary i say there is no doubt but they will send all she wrote for the greater her disappointment from them the greater must be her dependence on me but after all i hope i shall be enabled to be honest to a merit so transcendent 
the devil take thee though for thy opinion give so mal a propos as she may overcome if thou designest to be honest methinks thou sayest why should not singleton's plot be over with thee as it is with her brother because if i must answer thee where people are so modestly doubtful of what they are able to do it is good to leave them a loophole and let me add that when a man's heart is set upon a point and anything occurs to beat him off he will find it very difficult when the suspending reason ceases to forbear resuming it end of letter sixty